Eternals is a movie, some say. Uh, hello, <laughs> my name is Ryan Kaversi. I'm not your host. Tanner is your host. Citizens of Bomb Squad, I am God. I can't say anything else without offending someone. Uh, hi, I'm Tanner Richard Kraft. I'm Austin Zwiebelman. I'm Ryan Kaversi in, in, in a bunker right now, as you can see. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm Joseph Vrenick. <laughs> Ryan Kaversi is in an undisclosed location. He's currently on the run from uh, the reincarnated Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa wants to beat the shit out of him for not being a good enough of an Italian boy. Our thoughts and prayers are with Rain at this time. And uh, judging from the fact that I made a God joke, we're talking about the Marvel movie that sort of introduces gods. AKA Eternals, the first ever Rotten movie on Rotten Tomatoes for the MCU. A first MCU movie directed by a director who has won Best Director and Best Picture at the Oscars. The first superhero movie to actively involve Hiroshima. A lot of important firsts here for this movie. We were originally going to talk about Last Night in Soho this week, but for a myriad of reasons, we switched them around. One of them being that I have uh, yet to reveal what I think about this movie to anyone besides Rain. So that should be fun. So let's just get right into it. Our first sort of uh, question here is uh, essentially, what kind of expectations did we have going into the movie? There was most certainly a lot of discourse about this movie, if you would. Many things were being said by many people. It was kind of a mess. What kind of expectations did you guys have going in? We're going to start with Mr. Conversi. All right, well, I guess I'll start by saying that this was the second Chloe Zab movie I've ever seen, the first one being Nomadland. I have very mixed thoughts on it. Um, I don't know, depending on what day of the week, I can't decide if, it, if it's like Avery born or not, or if it's too meandering, but it's, it was an interesting movie. I mean, definitely an interesting choice for MCU directors. So I was very interested. I it was, I came into this movie expecting it would either be one of my favorite movies, uh, MCU movies, or it would be just a giant letdown and giant waste of time. That just couldn't be anywhere in the middle. All right, Mr. Joe Frannick, between Kevin Feige hyping this up as the first real Oscar contender to Marvel to this being the first Rotten movie, what the hell were you thinking going in? So I genuinely did not give a shit about whether or not this movie was coming out or not, kind of like a lot of my opinions on just Marvel in general. However, I did kind of experience some interesting things like leading up towards the actual release of the movie. For starters, I think part of it was I had been kind of like with Dune and just been craving like giant science fiction spectacles and kind of like not really being familiar with the comics, but like being familiar with like the comic arts because this is very much Jack Kirby comic if you've ever looked back at the ones from like the 60s and 70s shit's wild man it's uh fucking gigantic and was kind of craving that on the big screen something about the trailers as they kind of just kept playing all over movies that i would go and see something about it kind of felt special and i didn't exactly know what it was and then literally the day that it releases, I go through some shit. It'll kind of lead into my thoughts on the movie, but I, I needed to see a movie that day. So. All right, Austin, I noticed you kind of oddly shaking your head when I brought up that Feige was hyping this up as Oscar stuff. So what kind of expectations did you have going in? To be honest with you, I hadn't heard that. That's news to me, and it seems very silly for this, especially considering that, like, Black Panther got nominated for BP, didn't it? 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. was that like the the Disney's first gay character thing where you just we just always forget the past. There is no war in East Asia or Eurasia. It's always <laughs> the first new gay character. This is the first Oscar contender. <laughs> to, to clarify, it's the first one they actually were going to think about pushing as one. Black Panther was kind of an accident. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you have to bankroll like six million dollars worth of caviar to have your film even nominated. It's true. I want to get an Oscar nomination measured in cocaine. I had a really heartwarming interaction with this movie before it came out. So I have a brother-in-law who's doing trucking right now. And one of the ways he keeps himself grounded is he tries to stream as many like classic movies as possible. And I give him all these recommendations and I consider him to be one of the perfect cinephiles because he doesn't fall for gimmicks. He's not pretentious. He's not like a 4chan, only Kurosawa and Snyder exist kind of guy. He's really just going through the work. It's beautiful. I feel like a film professor. And when he was in town, which is rarely, me and Sid took him to see a movie in IMAX. It was such a big deal. And he had never seen anything for Eternals, but he really liked Nomadland. So when he sees this trailer and out of nowhere, he sees directed by Chloe Zhao, this dude gripped my hand like he was trying to take it off and was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that was happening. And I was like, yeah, dude, I've been seeing this for a minute. It looks really cool. It's one of those trailers where I think if you don't see it in IMAX, sort of like Dune, the full effect doesn't like whack you in the face. That stated the pushback from like Twitter community about that this looks like boring and no one knows what to do with it. I can so. <laughs> Sort of understand from the marketing material that is like the initial trailers released. They are a little like confounding what the, what this is. But overall, I trusted it. I thought it was at least going to look really cool. And I was actually pretty excited for it. All right. Well, anyone who knows me knows I am a bit of an MCU fanboy. Uh, I wear that on my sleeve. I admit it. I Maybe I'm too nice to them, but also I'm too nice to movies in general, I think. So I don't think it matters too much. I feel like I kind of want to give some context as to why I'm such an MCU super fan. Because you'd think someone like me who sees so many movies and goes out of my way to see as many as possible and loves them so much, you would think someone like me would maybe get sick of these this formula. To give you some context... The reason I love movies is, at least in part, because of the MCU. When I saw the first Avengers movie back in 2012, it changed my life. I know that sounds silly, but it's the truth. It changed my life. Before then, I thought I was going to be a video game designer when I grew up. That, That was my track, right, was video games. That was the media that excited me. I saw the Avengers and it's like a freaking switch flipped in my head. All of a sudden, I was like, I wanted to see anyone and everyone talk about the Avengers. I need to hear everyone's thoughts on this movie. And I wound up finding a lot of YouTube critics, most of which I'm not exactly watching anymore. But still, I watched those YouTube critics, watched their videos about the Avengers, which then turned me into watching their other videos about other movies and hearing them talk about these movies like Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park and all these kind of things that I wasn't super familiar with at the age of 14 and I went back and watched them and then one thing led to another and the next thing I know I'm falling in love with movies it's become my life I literally became a filmmaker in part because of the Avengers it's Avengers, Birdman, Swiss Army Man. It's that pipeline. It starts with the Avengers. So I was excited for Eternals. I really was. Seeing um, a movie directed by Chloe Zhao, while I was not the biggest fan of Nomadland, I liked it. I gave it like three and a half stars. I'm also kind of with Rain where I'm kind of iffy on it. 
Uh, fun story about that, by the way. I hosted an Oscars party this year, and when Rain came over and they announced Nomadland as Best Picture, we both started to cheer and then simultaneously went, wait, what? And then looked at each other like, why are we cheering? We're both lukewarm on this movie. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> uh, it was a very weird moment. But I love Chloe Zhao's movie before Nomadland, The Writer. I think that is an incredible five-star movie. So I was really excited for it. I love Eternals as a concept. It's one of my favorite Jack Kirby things. The writing is kind of bad, but the art is really beautiful. When the first trailer for this movie came out, I kind of I felt something. It looked special to me. And then you hear rumblings. This movie's different. This movie is the movie Kevin Feige thinks is their best one ever. Not even close. This is a special Marvel movie. You start hearing these rumblings, and then the second trailer comes out, and I see it in IMAX, and I see the sense of scale in some of these shots, and it blows my mind. And I'm thinking, oh my god, I need to see this movie. Then you hear it's actually playing at film festivals, like the Rome Film Festival. And you go, oh wow, a Marvel movie at film festivals in contention? That's, that's interesting. And then the first early reactions came out, and they were not as hot as Shang-Chi's early reactions were. Then the review embargo dropped. Starts off in the 70s, drops into the 60s, and finally drops into the 50s on the tomato meter, making this, after 25 movies before it, the first rotten score movie on Rotten Tomatoes for the MCU. But the reviews were kind of interesting. I saw some hail it as a masterpiece, some an incoherent mess. Some were kind of lukewarm, but for the most part, it seemed like it was the kind of thing where you either liked it or you didn't, and there wasn't a lot of in-between. This made me more intrigued to see the movie, but I won't lie, it impacted my excitement a little bit. So quite frankly, as far as expectations going in, uh, this was a very long-winded way of saying, shoot, man, I don't freaking know. How the, what the hell am I supposed to expect? So, before we get into our thoughts on the movie overall, Rain and I want to have a brief aside here. Rain and I, uh, since he's been visiting, he's been back in St. Louis for a bit for work. Him and I have been seeing a lot of movies together because I want to hang out with my friend while he's still here. Uh, one of the movies was going to be Eternals, and it did become Eternals, but what happened was I bought the tickets on AMC. Then on Fandango, I noticed Ronnie's, our local theater, had a Wednesday night showing for sale. And I went, oh shit, a day early? That's cool. And I bought it. I, I told Rain, I'm a little worried about this because this seems like the time that they would do fan screenings. And I'm wondering, is this those early fan screenings you're supposed to RSVP for and not purchase? Then Monday, after I noticed the listing, Marvel announces they're doing Wednesday night fan screenings. And once again, I check Fandango. Is the ticket still for sale? I am checking every day to make sure that listing's still there. Mm. Wednesday night comes around. Rain, what is the first thing we notice upon arriving at Ronnie's? The first thing we noticed was the giant line, the giant crowd in front of us. That was just a red herring, though. It turned out that it was just a giant crowd for some some old movie, like some special screening some event. Some C.S. So Lewis movie or whatever. Yeah, so then it was like, okay, oof, oof, okay, it, it's nothing. Everything's fine. And then we go up to the, you know, get our tickets scanned. Uh, the guy that uh, shows you that scans our tickets immediately asks, okay, you're seeing Eternals? Okay, if you want a refund, you have to get it now because you can't get it after showtime. Never have heard this before from a ticket man. Is it bad? I don't know what the hell's going on. We go outside the IMAX theater. There's a line outside the IMAX theater. Rain, do you remember what uh, happened? What the guy at the front of it said immediately after we got in line? Well, he got into an argument with uh, with the person in the front of the line, and, and the guy guarding the theater basically kept saying, "I don't care that you paid for it. I don't care that you have a ticket. You're not coming in." So at this point, uh, Rain and I realize that what has happened is that they indeed put a fan screening up for sale that was never supposed to be up for sale. And we're out of luck. So <clears> him <throat> and I make plans to go see it Thursday night. I buy the tickets. He calls his mom to make sure he can get the car. 
And then as we're leaving, someone walks up to us and says, hey, did you guys get fucked over by Eternals? Yeah, we did. Okay, well, they told me they're showing it in Theater 6 too now. And uh, I talked to the manager later and she gave me free tickets. So we go to talk to the manager lady. I'm apologizing like seven times because in the middle of talking to me, some other asshole comes up to her and, she, and starts pissing and moaning about having to wait in line for his ticket to be taken. I'm apologizing while complaining, essentially. And uh, then <laughs> she uh, goes us into Theater 6. We notice that Antlers is scheduled to play soon. Uh, but clearly it's been kicked aside for Eternals. So we get inside the theater. Um, you know, there's several other people who got in our situation who bought tickets who had to be pushed into this theater. We're waiting. We kept waiting for like, I think like 10 minutes. And then at which point I then said, oh, it'd be genuinely funnier if instead of playing the movie, they just played Antlers for all these people expecting Eternals. And then I think shortly after that, it started playing the Greg Marcus pre-roll thing. So we both thought it was happening. And then the guy yeah. came in and said, all right, guys, we're not playing Eternals tonight due to legal reasons. I'm not allowed to play it in more than one theater, which in my mind means Kevin Feige was en route to St. Louis on a helicopter with like a gun to make sure nothing happened. Uh, so uh, Ronnie's offers us as compensation, free four movie passes, a full refund and two tickets to see Eternals on Thursday night. I didn't mm -hmm. have to complain. That's just what I got. So that's the story of how Rain and I bought tickets for an IMAX greeting that didn't exist. Uh, the only thing that makes this funnier is that it looks like they're doing it again for Ghostbusters. Yes. <laughs> yes. I wanted to mention that. What if this is what Anonymous is up to these days? Is just scheduling <laughs> movie times on Fandango for fan screenings that nobody's supposed to be able to buy? Anyway, uh, enough with the brief aside. I thought that was too hilarious to not include. We're going to get into our thoughts on the movie. Uh, Austin decided to be a, a fucking uh, a copycat and uh, copy my gimmick of not revealing my opinion until the recording. So I'm making him go first. Austin, what the hell did you think of Eternals? I was surprised by the Rotten Tomatoes score leaving. I was wondering why this is the movie people are choosing to pick on, because I don't buy the narrative that this is about anything like the diverse cast or the fact the filmmakers Chinese. I just think critics like who do this for a job probably aren't that dumb, maybe. But anyway, uh, it was kind of like the first time I saw Thor The Dark World. I heard a lot about how this is bad. And then I walked out and I was like, no, I'm glad I went to the movies tonight. That was fun. And it was just strange. Like, it was kind of cool being with this new group of bastards. I did get to see it at IMAX, and some of these visuals were pretty pleasant. Uh, a couple of the historical flashbacks didn't do anything for me. A couple of them did. What was weird was I did have a really good time in the theater up until one very specific point all the way at the end. And then, like, when I got home, me and Sid were, like, talking through the points, and we just had a bunch of, like, random little things that we were like, oh, they could have done that better, but we didn't care. Like, it's weird. The gestalt leans towards I enjoyed it, but it's like, oh, man, I wish they'd done rule of three screenwriting on that I followed you to the end line. I wish that they made the Aztec people into not Chelan or whatever look like Aztec people. There's just a bunch of tiny things where it's like, why'd they fuck that up? But overall, what I felt inside, I liked it just fine. And I'm not even a big Marvel fanboy. It's okay. Why is everyone like crashing on this? Part of me wonders if it's an expectations thing, like they expect more from Chloe Zhao or something. Oh, I don't know what that means. That could That's be That's my it. best guess. Okay. They're finally grading it on a different scale is my best guess. Oh. 
All right, Vrenik. Now that I know that Austin liked it, uh, this uh, should be interesting. Uh, Vrenik, uh, from what I understand, this was the movie you needed at the right time. Is that right? I wonder if Chloe Zhao uh, is a huge Wachowskis fan. <laughs> the Wachowskis are like these interesting filmmakers where it's like they make the most badass action movie ever made. And then everything they make after that is like if fucking hippies made it where like the message of the movie is everybody saves the day by loving each other in the end. And that's kind of what I got out of this because that's just like one of the major themes of it, which kind of ties into why I needed this. So let's just kind of give a rundown of the crazy shit that's happened in my life uh, over the past month. I got a new apartment. I had a relative pass away and literally... I want to say it was 24 hours before I saw Eternals. I got my heart broken really fucking bad for the first time in eight years. Like, I fell in deep, and I was feeling some real pain. And I walk out of this movie, and I feel like I kind of coped with it. Mm -hmm. So there might be a little bit of a bias when I say that I liked this movie, because, yeah, it really helped me out in the long run, because it made me just kind of realize, like, how I just need to move forward. Overall, though, unlike all of the other Marvel movies where it's like, uh, or at least the ones that have come out this year, and honestly, all the movies that have come out, except for maybe Black Panther after Guardians 2 and maybe Infinity War, where it's like, I'll watch it and just kind of forget about it in a week. Um, This one has been on my mind quite a bit lately, and I'll think back to certain things in it. And I'm like, you know, maybe this wasn't executed as properly, but you know what? I really like the arc that Angelina Jolie goes through. I I like some of the visuals. I think Kumail is really fun in this. Kingo! Kumail is Kingo. Whoever wrote the song Zendaya is Michi. There's your new uh, song. I'll I'll throw in a joke there for you. I've been pretty sad this podcast. I guess the other thing that it's like, I'll think about it too. Man, oh man, that is a dark way to fucking end this movie. I say that I wonder if Chloe Zhao really likes uh, the Wachowskis. I also want to know if Chloe Zhao really likes the movie Drag Me to Hell. Because I was getting serious Drag Me to Hell vibes from the end of this movie. It takes a lot of big swings. Some of it doesn't work, but overall, I think this has been my favorite Marvel movie in a very long time. And I think the more that I just kind of let it stew, I think it's going to be, I hope that it's a Guardians of the Galaxy 2 where it's like the longer people just kind of sit on it and just let think it over, the more people like will come around on it. I at least hope so. I th- th- That's kind of my opinion on it. Interesting. Okay. Rain, go ahead and give me, a, what did you think about Eternals overall? All right. Well, I guess the short of it is that uh, I would say I loved about a third of this movie then found the other two there's just to be like aggressively okay. I wanted to love it all the way, but just the more I thought about it, just the, the harder that was for me. I, um, I'll i get out of the way the one aspect of the movie I just... The, the only part I actually straight up dislike, and I would have to be um, Cersei's character, the protagonist. I just thought I thought she was kind of weak as a protagonist, and, and I thought her arc was somewhat muddled relative to some of the other characters, and I thought it could have fit into the themes better than, than it did. I thought a character that would have been way more interesting for the lead would have been Sprite, actually. I thought the way her conflict, her struggle to connect to the humanity, I thought it would have been kind of interesting if she was the one who had to lead the action and everything and have to be the one to really discover her love for humanity and um, the reason why she would want to would want to save it. So that's why I disliked it. Uh, whereas for the most part, I just thought found the movie to be pretty good. Nothing. I really have trouble seeing why people would hate this movie. 
it wasn't bad necessarily, but just that um, I found aggressively uninteresting would be everything with the Deviants. Because while I do understand that they're sort of the uh, fake out <laughs> villain and then the real me of the story is supposed to be later on. And also there's sort of just supposed to be like a source of action scenes until uh, until the big reveal and we have everyone fighting um, Icarus. I thought I thought their designs were incredibly dull. I, they just did not uh, grab me in any way. I, I thought their execution as any sort of metaphor was just kind of weak and very forgettable and the villain that ends up being formed out of it just like his build-up is somewhat promising where he becomes this slowly sentient big figure and then he just feels like this sort of background element by the end when we have the much more interesting plot with the uh moral dilemma of the uh the birthing uh celestial to deal with so then it's like oh rain why what do, what do you like about this movie you asshole well i would say there's two elements that i, I really love um one would be the emotional sincerity here. I feel like I don't remember the last time I seen like this many characters cry in an action movie. I just like how everyone wears their heart on their sleeves and the ones who don't like Icarus to um, up until the end. I feel like there's a purpose to it. it's not just like this sort of stoic macho attempt to be cool. I just like seeing these people go through breakdowns and stuff. I thought that was pretty great. Same with my head. I like um the relationship between Gilgamesh and Athena. Tanner was telling me about, oh, we were talking about this. How would you describe their relationship? It was reminiscent of... It's a patient with a degenerative disease and their caretaker. Yeah, I thought that was amazing to see on screen. And then, uh, screen. And then um, Icarus's breakdown after at near the end when he's confessing his love. Phantos? Phasmos? Fastos. Fastos. Um, everything with his family, I thought that was pretty solid. Um, I'll save the rest for later. Those were my thoughts. Okay. Brian's not allowed to partake in this game, but before we move on to my thoughts, I'm going to give Austin and Joe one last chance to guess what I thought about it. Vrenik, what's your final guess? It's been eating me up since you mentioned that you weren't going to say anything, and it was eating me up when uh, we went and saw Spencer a couple days ago. I'm either leaning towards you think that this is like top two MCU movies Either you really consider this top tier MCU or this is actually the worst Marvel movie that you've seen. Okay, pick one. Yeah, yeah. High and low. Um, My bet's on he's going to whip out some like, this is my second favorite MCU movie. I like art movies. I like pretentious bullshit. And I I found this inoffensive. Tanner likes the MCU, which means this dude bit it hook, line and sinker. That's my guess for a hundred. Okay. To give you guys context for my answer, I'm actually just going to list out. This is the first rotten movie on the tomato meter for the MCU, as I've mentioned several times. I disagree with that. I'm going to name off all the movies I think aren't as good as Eternals. These are all the movies I like less than Eternals in the MCU. Black Widow. Thor The Dark World. Thor. Avengers Age of Ultron. The Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2. Black Widow. Iron Man 3. Civil War. Ant-Man, Captain America, the first Avenger, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man Far From Home, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Hmm? Thor Ragnarok, What? Black Panther, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Shang-Chi, Iron Man, Avengers Infinity War... (gasps) Avengers Endgame and the Avengers. What? I like this more than the Avengers. Your favorite? This is my new favorite MCU movie. 
That's why I act. That's the real reason why I gave the context about the Avengers, because I wanted this moment to hit that much harder. <laughs> the first twist in a, po- in a in a in a bomb squad podcast. God, this actually, is actually kind of a big deal because man, oh man, does Tanner love the Avengers? Joe Vrenick, when you when you gave your reasoning as to why you think I might hate it, one of the reasons you gave is you noticed I watched Avengers very soon afterwards. Yeah. Your um, reasoning being it's because I wanted to remind myself of when MCU was good. Yeah. The actual reason was I wanted to make sure I wasn't crazy. <laughs> Rain can vouch for this. When I walked out of the theater with him, you could practically see me levitating. Yeah. Right? I was so jazzed and energetic. Literally, the first words I said about the movie to Rain was, I haven't felt this way in mm-hmm. nine years. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt this way since I was 14. After I was done watching the rewatching the Avengers and I realized, yes, I really do feel this way. I went all over the place. I wanted to find everything and anything, everyone talking about this movie, just like I did when I first saw the Avengers. Okay. This, this movie made me cry a lot. This movie made me feel upset about when Ajax died, even though she was a character we barely knew at that point because of the reactions of the others. The raw outpouring of emotion sometimes, the ending of Icarus's arc when he feels so destroyed because he wasn't willing to kill the woman he loves, but he betrayed everything that he believed in. And it's just Thino's entire arc. And more importantly to me, sorry, get the counter ready. I say that with love. I think you guys know this. Sometimes I'll message the group chat randomly about how much I love life. Mm-hmm. And it's seemingly random. The reason I do that is I've always been the kind of burst person to see beauty in everything. Uh, I know that sounds really cheesy and cliche, but I, I will see, I'll look outside and see an old lady walking her dog in the rain or two kids playing on the sidewalk. And I, I, I smile because I, I think of all of human history to get to this point. I think of just the, the beauty of the simplicity in life. It's the simple things that make you happy. And I think it's really funny that the MCU movie that is literally about gods and monsters is the one that celebrates the simple beauty of humanity the most. It's the central theming of this movie is so accurately reflective of like my life motto, the way I view the world in a way I I never thought a superhero movie could do. This isn't just like my favorite MCU movie. This has to be like in my top 30 movies ever. Like I fucking love this movie. Needless to say, In the Heights has been dethroned this year. Um, Because this is obviously my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, it lasted a while, but I always knew something was going to knock it out. I didn't think it'd be this one. My love for this movie is incomprehensible. I love the way it looks. It's beautiful. I think this movie is living proof that you don't need to be full of saturated colors to be beautiful. You can be beautiful with more rustic and earth tones, and that can be beautiful. I I love this movie because of the celestials. The sense of scale is off the charts. I love the world-spanning history. I I love Cersei because she's most like me. She loves humanity. She She loves this world and so do I. I Druig and Makari their their chemistry everything about this movie is so 
perfect to me. The action scenes are all incredible to me. I thought after Shang-Chi, we wouldn't be getting action like this in an MCU movie anytime soon. And while this is different action, it's still incredible to me. This has to be the best third act in a Marvel movie since the Avengers. And it might be better. I don't know. I'm still kind of debating that internally. I love Eternals. I love this movie so much because like I was saying, it's just so incredible that a movie about gods and monsters sets out to remind us that people are good. People can be bad, but that we're worth living, that life is worth living for, that there is so much worth. <laughs> Sorry, fuck. That we live on this silly little blue spear that's a speck of dust in the grand scheme of things, and yet there's still so much worth living for. I fucking love this movie so fucking much. And I never thought a movie that changed the course of my life like Avengers did. I never thought I could love an MCU movie more than I love this one, but goddamn, did Chloe Zhao make a fucking sucker out of me. (sighs) All right, now someone has to follow that up with who their favorite Eternal is. All right, who's going to be the unlucky child? Uh, I'll go. Rain, Rain's willing. (laughs) Well, if we're going to, I might as well embrace, um, if I'm going to have to go after something giant like that, I might as well just embrace having very little to say um i mean i will say i like basically every character here i thought um going against like what i hear a lot of people complain about i thought the film did a pretty good job overall uh balancing out having just such a large cast my favorite character is probably the butler Karun. he's very adorable and wholesome and he's great if i had to pick an internal i would probably be a tie between gilgamesh and fastos fastos donatello fastos He's Donatello. He's the Donatello of the Eternals. That's how I, that's, so yeah, that's my answer. All right, Renick, who's favorite character, favorite Eternal, go. Uh, I'll, I'll list off like two honorable mentions because I kind of have a tie. My two honorable mentions go to uh, Salma Hayek's character, uh, Ajax. Firstly, my God, some of these names are so dumb even for this movie, but I kind of love it. I think part of the reason why I connected with it was because she's like this motherly presence throughout the movie, and it was kind of something that I needed. There's a comfort to her performance in this. Um, And uh, Brian Tyree Henry's character, uh, (coughs) Fastos, kind of like the the typical Marvel character, but I think probably one of the better, like, typical Marvel characters done in a hot minute. Like, yeah, his humor was actually like in quips were like very balanced out with all the dramatic stuff. And that, yeah. that, that's another thing that I can praise about this. This movie is a lot more dramatic and it kind of keeps the humor to a minimum, but the humor works in this. So, yeah, when it hits, it hits. It does. Like the uh, the fall collection Ikea that it hits better in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Also, whoever wrote that article about uh, did uh, Chloe Zhao blame the first gay character in a Marvel movie for Hiroshima? I don't believe in doxing people. No, um, no. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck was up with that? That was just a complete unfaithful representation of the scene. Dude, yeah. I saw that too. <laughs> whoever, we have to say something about that. Whoever wrote that article is an asshole. Context matters. That was a heartbreaking scene. It was arguably the saddest scene in the movie but honestly and you might have to put a, put one on the joe cries count counter here when i talk about it but my tie is between uh because i'm count, counting them as a pair athena and gilgamesh athena just for her arc um and trying to get over like this 
degenerative disease was heartbreaking and I was happy to like see her actually go through an arc also just happy to see Angelina Jolie last longer in this movie than expected I thought she was going to be the one to bite it I did not expect Salma Hayek to not be in the movie as much honestly kind of the reason why I choose Gilgamesh is because Gilgamesh is kind of the character that I needed to uh, see on a big screen because he made me realize the kind of man I need to be after this heartbreak that I'm dealing with make a pie in a cast iron skillet yeah that pie looked good that's really all i have to say about it all right austin are you willing to follow that yeah too bad you have to go (laughs) uh my favorite character is druig because i uh i'm happy that uh like in a lot of movies when barry kogan shows up i said this on the green knight podcast you underestimate how much bullshit he's gonna put the protagonist through Always. It's so much more than it's worth. I fucking hate watching Killing of a Sacred Deer because of Barry Kogan. I know that's the point, but dude, fuck this guy. And then in this movie, he's also on some bullshit, but it's really cool bullshit. Like he's watching the Aztecs get wiped out by Cortez and he's like having flashbacks to like, what, fucking Babylon stopping a dumb fist fight? And he's just like, nope, nope, that's enough. He's the reason their civilization disappeared. He just said, nope, no genocide today, not on my watch. I'd literally rather control everybody. And then goes and fucks off away from everybody for like 20 centuries. And I guess he just chills in the Amazon. By the way, shout out for Chloe's to Chloe Zhao for featuring a little, little title that just says Amazon in this movie. Cause that made me laugh considering her last movie also featured Amazon. But yeah, it was Druig. It was fun seeing Barry Kogan do that shit. And I totally get the sentiment of just like, man, even if it means not making you human, the violence you people do is so fucking ugly. Sometimes the contemplation that I'd rather control people to the point where they can't fight like that, even if it does take away their freedom. Because when people fight, it's so fucking ugly. Druig, dudes rock. Damn, film Twitter's gonna hate us for like, everything that's going on here uh my favorite eternal is that's like an impossible pick you're asking me like this is like asking me hey tanner which of your children is your favorite sophie uh, shoes <laughs> just it photoshopped the sophie's choice photo and it's that photo of me with a goofy ass grin god incredible if i had to pick a favorite uh i think i would pick makari which is weird because she may be in the movie the least but it's for a few reasons one i she's Dreaming with so much charisma and energy in every scene. It's incredible. Two, this has to be the best on-screen speedster I've ever seen in a superhero movie. They managed to properly express just how freaking fast she is without once needing to use slow motion. Not that slow motion is bad. Quicksilver sequences in the X-Men movies are really good. This is next level, being able to properly show how fast you are without needing to rely on slow motion. That was really incredible. And she killed him in every action scene. Uh, beyond that, I really love Cersei. I really love Fastos, the gay kiss scene. I Props, I, listen, they're censoring it in some countries. They're not censoring it in others. But I do appreciate that Marvel made Fastos a character that literally doesn't make sense if you take the gay away. His character mm-hmm. fundamentally falls apart without <laughs> it. <laughs> Um, so I, I appreciate it on that level. I've heard that in countries where the scene's censored, it cuts from Cersei and Icarus showing up to the house to them leaving. <laughs> no, you're missing the title card where it says uh, just gals being pals. I mean, whatever, just boys being just, cool. Just, just some bros. Some bros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just says no homo. <laughs> 
I also love Druig. Uh, shout out to Druig and Makari having uh, by far the best romance in an MCU movie when it wasn't even in the script. That was completely in the performances. Very cool. Uh, uh, yeah, I, it's hard to pick a favorite character and I love them all so much. Uh, like I said, I love, love, love this movie. That question was more for you guys. And so is the next question, to be frank. Uh, favorite set piece slash scene. Austin, you go first. I don't know. Rain, you go. Austin will go later. Yeah. All right. So now I get to get into the uh, second element of the movie that I really, um, that I straight up loved. Loved with an asterisk. Uh, the visual cinematography in general. I um, like the movie in general, I, um, or my opinion of it. It it wavered back and forth between a serviceable, like pretty decent, but nothing like too memorable to just like awe inspiring and just straight up amazing. Just to you know, be blunt about it. Fight scenes, really solid. Um, even with just generic green monsters, I thought they were pretty solid. And then once we got into the uh, finale, I thought it was really something special. Um, but yeah, so the, the set pieces here, I think, are really jaw-dropping. It's, in particular, everything with the Celestials, be it the, the one space or the uh, one coming out of the Earth. I thought basically just the entire finale where they're having to try and stop this Celestial from rising out of the ground. That is my favorite scene in the movie. And it's also just the most in awe I've been of, of the sheer spectacle of a movie this size since um since the ramming scene in Last Jedi. Yeah, it's really something else. Really something special. All right, Vrenik, can we get a favorite scene slash set piece from you? My favorite scene easily is the uh <clears throat> is the scene of Brian Tyree Henry and Salma Hayek in the wreckage of uh Hiroshima. I, I think that is easily the best scene in the movie and the most heartbreaking scene in the movie. As far as set pieces go, you know, I'll go with a fun one. I think uh Kumail's little uh Bollywood, Bollywood. number. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna consider that a set piece. That, uh, you will allow it. We'll that, allow that, it. That shit was fun. I, I liked that. The man can Tango can smolder like no other. Hell yeah. Uh, I think it's very funny that the only thing about this movie I have actually allowed myself to talk about in the group chat is Kingo. <laughs> and yet I think I've only brought him up like twice. Kingo's just easy to mean, dude. You can't spell Kingo without Kino. And that's what this movie is. All right, Austin. Uh, the scene. W- now that you have had time. The scene where Arisham explains what's going on to Cersei blew yes. my mind out of my head. Yes. I don't need a set piece. I'm just going to say that kind of twist really shook up the movie. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. That's a massive twist. I didn't see that coming at all. Tanner. Yeah. Uh, full disclosure, I actually had some things spoiled about this movie in advance, uh, such as, number one, they're robots. Two, Icarus goes bad. Damn. So I don't even think I would describe it as him going bad because I think it's way more nuanced and complex than that. Um, like the movie as a whole. Yeah. Uh, favorite set piece, I think I have to go with the entire third act. Just everything about that I really, really loved. I also loved uh, the opening sequence. That was really great. Uh, every time Kingo did something, it was really cool. He literally gets finger guns. What the fuck? I want that power. The ultimate yeah. I want to do that. I, he gets the finger guns and, 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 and Hadouken. What the hell? All right. I deserve that. I've earned it. I did my waiting. 12 years of it. I have. It, this needs to be addressed. Every time Gilgamesh punches, it's the biggest, best punch ever. Mm-hmm. You just, yes! Everything, like, the way the earth shakes, and it's awesome. All right, that's all I had to say. Continue. Everyone's powers in this movie are so incredible. It's it's such a visual feast, and the sound design of all the powers, too, are really great. I love the way the Cersei's, powers feel in this movie. Cersei's alchemy. Like, that shot, I remember in the trailer, I always got chills in my spine when she turned, like, the bus into roses. 
That's so fucking cool! Mm -hmm. Yeah. God, and when she turns the celestial into that frozen statue, like, oh my god, that's so... Oh! God, this, it's hard to pick. I also love, uh, I do want to shout out, I think my favorite action shot in the movie was when Druig basically did like a front flip while grabbing a shotgun and shooting it. That was mm -hmm. pretty sick. Badass. Uh, more superheroes should grab shotguns. Okay. Let's uh, try to be maybe a little brief about it, but I, I yeah. want to talk about the after credit scenes because these are the after credit scenes that have gotten me the most excited for a while. You have the mid credit scene of introducing Harry fucking Styles as Eros. Thanos's half brother, and in the comics, most famous for a superpower, basically being date, date rape. rape. I'm yeah. not kidding. That's not like a bit. That's he he went on trial for it, and She Hulk had to defend him, uh, which made the comments Chloe Zhao made about how when she saw Harry Styles, she thought that's Eros. Is that an insult? Are you saying Harry Styles looks like a date rapist? I'm a little confused here. Uh, and then the after credit scene of Dane Whitman g getting out the ebony blade to talk, to, to fulfill his service as the Black Knight. And then Blade, Mahershala Ali's voice is heard. Are you sure you're ready for this, Mr. Whitman? So let's just talk about these after credit scene. Vrenik, you go first. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting that they're pulling a character like Star Fox out, um, Eros, brother of uh, Thanos. That's pretty cool. Pat Oswalt's actually in the MCU, not playing MODOK. Um, that's awesome. I wish that we actually got to see Mahershala Ali instead of just like the voice, but I need Blade in my life, damn it. And I need that shit to be rated R too, so hurry we'll up. Hur get this movie made. Uh, Joe, Blade's not going to be rated R, I'm sorry. Austin, uh, you probably care the least. Go. Uh, I, I liked the movie. I had a pleasant date. And then that thing came on at the end. I didn't look up the after credit scene at this. I didn't want to be spoiled about anything. And then out of nowhere, these fucking people behind me are having a conniption fit. Like screaming. Like shaking the theater. <laughs> I haven't seen shit this rowdy. I was there for the premiere of episode 7 and Endgame. I have never seen anyone get that fucked up over a scene in a movie. And apparently Harry Styles is in this. I was sitting in front of a gang of six teenage girls and they went nuts. They almost tore the fucking place down. I guess I should have spoiled that for myself because it, it was weird. Uh, those were the infinity teenagers. <laughs> Soul power, etc. Rain, you seem to be on my level getting real. You were real jazzed about them because I think it helps that I immediately pointed out that was Mahershala Ali's voice. But Rain, what do you think yes. of them go? All my like, you know, critical thinking skills, all my oh, deep analysis, attempts at deep analysis uh, went out the window. And I just was I felt like a pure child. Just like, oh, yeah, we get to see Blade. He's going to we get to hear him. He's going to cut up stuff. Isn't that cool? Um, that was my thoughts on the, the second one. First one, I was shocked. I don't know. It's weird. I was never expecting to see this character in the MCU. It's not like, oh, in issue 32 of Detective Comics, Batman uh, calls this Chinese person a slur. It's like, no, this is the character's entire thing. This is like his entire thing is being a date rapist. Why are why are they including this character? And he's, I don't know. It's just, but now they're just going to like, I guess, brush away. Now it's just going to be like the. I'm the vibe I'm getting is he's 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 just going to be like the the coolest most charming man ever like that's going to be his thing or it's going to be a twist and he is a villain and a creep or something. Uh, those are the two wraths he's going to be. Is he's just um, the perfect human um, or or that he has a cool looking suit. I wanted I wanted to, he has I want I want that suit. Uh, that's those are my thoughts. You know, if you think about it, this is Simon Cowell's fault. I think with a bit of vocal coaching, you actually could be very good. Thank you. Thanks. 
Aww. In a very long-winded way, this is Simon Cowell's fault. Uh, I think I really like Harry Styles as an actor. I mean, I've only seen him oh, in yeah, one yeah. movie, Dunkirk, but he really, really impressed me in Dunkirk. He's and great. in just like a minute of this scene, he exuded so much charisma that was like off the charts to me. Dude is incredibly charismatic, and uh, I'm excited to see him uh, in the MCU. I think it should be interesting. One hell of a career that kid's having, though. How about that? Damn. You get to start your career acting in a Nolan movie and then you join the MCU as the last main villain's brother. Like, holy shit, dude. Uh, and then uh, Blade, Blade. Oh, my God, Blade. <laughs> uh, those are that's my thoughts on the second after credit scene. Uh, since I uh, went too long with everything else, I'm going to cut out all the trivia except one uh, fun fact. In November of 2019, during the filming of this movie, uh, the cast and crew were evacuated from the Canary Island set. Why? Because they found a bomb. <laughs> they found a bomb nearby the set, so they had to evacuate everyone, including Angelina Jolie and Richard Bannon. They were both present on the set and they were evacuated. I don't think it was an active bomb, but yeah, this MCU movie had to stop filming in the middle of it because of a bomb. That's scary. Uh, also, uh, this is really funny. Keanu Reeves was almost cast as Druig. What the fuck is that? All right, guys, final thoughts on the movie overall. We'll start with Rain. I've said everything I had to say. Italian boy, how's the Gucci? All right, Joe Vrenick, final thoughts on Eternals. Yeah, uh, I've also pretty much said everything that I have to say. It's uh, it's probably going to go down as one of my favorite MCU films. It, it might actually even go up in the ranks because it's taken the uh, spot away from every other MCU movie that's uh, come out and it's taking the spot away from all the TV shows that have come out even. No no Way Home has a lot of competition. Boo boy. All right, Austin, final thoughts on the movie overall. I like that they did something new. I wish the public didn't reject it. All right, my final thoughts overall is I've you've heard me cry like a little baby <laughs> in this podcast already, but I really, really loved Eternals. It's my new favorite MCU movie. I wouldn't change a single thing about this movie. I'm glad Chloe Zhao it got to, as the first Best Picture winner in the third Oscar winner period, uh, to direct an MCU movie. I think she really knocked it out of the park. Uh, the MCU Oscar-directed movies are getting better. It starts with Joe Johnston, then Taika Waititi, and now this. Uh, I think this means logically next... I think I know what has to happen. We have to get a filmmaker of a higher class than Chloe Zhao. This is why I pitch. This is what we need. All right. We need Martin Scorsese to direct the Big Wheel movie. That's right. Bring in the Spider-Man villain with his own origin story movie directed by Martin Scorsese. Big Wheel! Big Wheel! And you know who should play Big Wheel? You! For watching slash listening to this podcast. <laughs> that was an incredible transition. It was. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you're listening to all of the audio platforms we're on, uh, please leave a review because it helps boost us in the algorithm. Uh, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube, thank you oh so very much for watching this podcast. Uh, go ahead and comment down below. Please go ahead and leave a comment below. What did you think of Eternals? How does it rank in your overall MCU? Are we crazy? Are the critics crazy? Am I a baby? Comment below and let us know. And while you're down there, hit the like button so we can know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so we can know how much you love us and hit the subscribe icon because I told you to. Thank you oh so very much for watching. Please tune in next week when we talk about downtown last night in Soho. Thank you one last time for watching. I'll see y'all next time.